We've got a big cross in the church. Sometimes at Easter time we have a bigger cross. And there's other crosses um, uh, around. Can any, maybe children, spot any crosses that we've got? Over here? Where? The logo. With a TR, but it's like a cross with the shadow. Yes, any others? Around your neck. Thank you, yes. And yours, yes. How odd it is to have a, a form of um, torture and, and uh, death around our necks. But there's a good reason, isn't there? I want you to think about that reason. Any other crosses? Yes, one up there. Yes, Craig, did you spot one? One on the crown, my word, yes. Yes, Ren? On the Bible stand, yes. All right, three up there, yes. Where? Oh, yes, on the, uh, on the Easter one. On, on the lectern, yes. Lots of crosses. Sorry? From the building, yes. And, uh, and so there's, um, there's lots of crosses around. Why? Can anybody just tell us, I don't want a big essay, but um, uh, why we have crosses? Something of the gospel. Something of, uh, of the gospel. Anybody want to just remind us? When I became a Christian, I asked the same question. And somebody said to me, it's because it's empty. He's risen. Thank you. Anybody else? Sorry, Rosie. It's our doorway into eternal life. It's, it's that bridge that God made between sinful man and himself through the death of Jesus. Thank you. The bridge to eternal life. Anybody else? So there's, the cross means so much to us. The gospel means so much, doesn't it? And um, it is empty. Jesus rose again. It all seemed hopeless, a theme today. But the, in, the, in God, there is always hope. And we'll be exploring that. Did anybody want to share anything about how God has been at work in their lives in the last week or so? Sometimes there is. Sometimes there isn't. And the gospel is a wonderful gospel to help us, to guide us, even in death. And I got a text this morning, one of my friends Mum died last night, but she's a Christian lady and it's a doorway to eternal life. So there's lots to celebrate. And, uh, and if we're feeling, well, or if we know people who are feeling a little hopeless, just remind them of the gospel, of the cross, and the hope, despite all that it seemed, the hope that there is in the cross. We'll be exploring more of this later. 
But first of all, I wonder if it's anybody's birthday. We're going to uh, watch um, a reenactment of of the Emmaus Road story. This is set just after Jesus has died and rose again, and two of the the disciples are walking along. And uh, let's just well see how this uh, works. If we could have the lights off, thank you. Powerful story. These disciples were devastated. All that Jesus had promised about um, uh, the the resurrection, that um, uh, that death would be defeated, and and their hopes were dashed. They felt utterly helpless. There was no light. There was no way forward. And then this other guy stands next to them and starts to say, he didn't seem to understand what they had said. And that, of course, was was Jesus. And as they talk together, something begins to stir inside them. Some glimmer of hope. But it hadn't come yet. But the Bible says that their hearts were warmed. Hope started to stir in them as they hear the man who we now know as Jesus, but they didn't recognize him, explaining God's word to them they began to experience a sensation that perhaps all is not lost. And that tiny ember then explodes into a flame. As Jesus broke the bread, as we'll be breaking the bread a little later, that there was hope, there was a future. And in our lives, sometimes we can feel a bit hopeless, or those that we know. Well, hopefully this story just helps us to know that hopelessness isn't what God wants. It is hope. And now our light's back on. May God shed his light in our lives as we hear our first Bible reading. Romans 5, verses 1 to 5. Thank you. Peace and joy. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, 
perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. Thank you. At this point, I would like six volunteers. They can be children, they can be adults. All you have to do is hold up some sheets. You don't have to do... Oh, I thought you were coming up then, Bruce, to volunteer. That's, um, that's good. Okay, so the first six to, um, uh, to come out. Thank you. Okay, we've got three, four, five. Carol's the sixth. Thank you. Just stand, stand there. That's wonderful. You stand there by Charlotte. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if you picked up from that short reading that uh, it talked about suffering. There you go. Is that for me knees? It is, yes. I thought we could see how you're struggling with your knees. You've got an operation coming up, haven't you? And um, So you're suffering uh, a little. But we all know what suffering is, don't we? And uh, maybe we're experiencing it. Um, uh, like those uh, disciples... Or maybe we just, um, uh, well, we will do it perhaps in the, in the future. Life's lows can be difficult. But in that Bible reading, could you hold this with your other, if you hold, yes, yes. It can lead to, thank you Charlotte, endurance or perseverance as we've, we've just heard. That suffering we, we sort of instinctively think is a negative thing. But I just want to bring a positive here from God's Word. And Paul, who wrote this, knew what suffering was. He wasn't talking in an abstract way. That uh, it can produce endurance. And uh, the characters in that clip were not enjoying the experience but it produced endurance. And then in the Bible, it talks that um, not only does it produce endurance, but from endurance, it produces character. That uh, if we think about what the formative times in our lives, it's often... In those difficult times, we discover more about ourselves, maybe more about God, more about others. And uh, our character can, uh, can grow. And character can produce hope. Hannah, could you bring up your picture that you drew? And you just stand in front of Rachel there. So suffering can produce endurance, can produce character and hope. 
And Hannah's drawn this, that um, it's hopeless was what, to, not your drawing, Hannah, what, uh, what was here, wasn't it, hopeless? But the hope is much bigger and the less is much smaller. And that, I think, comes from God. A friend of Jesus is never really alone. Jesus has beaten death. And anyone who asks him to, to forgive, to strengthen, to help, can make a fresh start. And in a few moments we'll be looking at and taking communion. And that's a real time when we can come close to God and, and uh, just rejoice in our, our beliefs. But Paul doesn't stop there. At the end of the reading, he tells us what happens next in the story. In fact, could we have verse 5 up, Colin? Would that be too much trouble? And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. The Holy Spirit. Can you hold that one up as well? Plus, love. And this is what the Bible teaches, that there are sufferings. And sometimes we can be tempted, oh, there can't be a God if there's suffering. But what Paul is saying, that uh, one thing that comes out of this is that it can produce endurance can uh, change and alter, improve our character. And we can know this hope, not hopeless, but hope. And then through the Holy Spirit and love, we can grow and, and develop. And uh, we know this for ourselves, or can know this, but also for others. And this motivates us to share with others the good news of the gospel. Thank you, everybody, for doing that. You can perhaps place the papers down. And I'll invite Bruce to read to us about what Jesus said about what we should do with this good news of the gospel. Thank you, Bruce. Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20, the Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. Amen. The instruction from Jesus was to go and to share this gospel throughout the world. And the disciples took this seriously, despite pain and suffering and uh, all sorts of things. Next week is Holiday Club. Indeed. It's exciting. 
We've got 61 children booked in. We've got, I think it's 33 leaders. So we've got almost 100 people who will be here. How exciting is that? But there may be a little suffering along the way. <laughs> As perhaps people aren't quite ready. They haven't uh, got everything they, uh, they wanted. How am I going to cope with 15 in my group? How's the craft going to work with 31 in there? at a time and you've only got half an hour to do it and um, all of this but we're going to be doing it because of the joy the joy of, of just sharing something of the gospel with the children with the adults with the teenagers as we join together in doing the, uh, the holiday club each one playing their part it's like a uh, like an illustration of, uh, uh, of the church, really, where each one can, can play their part, from people in the kitchen, from people at front, from people in the bun, people doing craft, all sorts of different ways, people in the background, people who are obvious. And we're going to be looking, it's called Polar Explorers, and we're going to be looking about how some of uh, the, uh, the disciples explored faith, explored the world and, and, uh, and inspired by Jesus saying go and uh, teach people how they taught, how they lived out the gospel. And the big thing that we're going to try and get over in this next week is that there's never two and whatever that is. Like in this case, in this service, it it's never too hopeless to know the hope in God. And that's a great message, isn't it, that I want you to take away with you. It's never too hopeless to know the hope that there is in God. Tomorrow we'll be looking at the story of Peter, who, as you may know, made lots of mistakes. But the idea is that you can never make too many mistakes to be loved and used by God. And we're going to try and get that across, which I'm sure will have a powerful effect on the children who are often worried about making mistakes and, and getting things wrong. But you're still loved, you're still useful. And then at Tuesday, it's sort of never too ordinary. It's about Stephen, who was just an ordinary guy who looked after the, the food, but God used him in a mighty way. And sometimes we can think, I'm not... I'm not special, I'm not really gifted, but God can still use you. And what a great message for the children and us adults. Never too far or near, Philip, who was sent a long way away to, to serve God. But sometimes that happens, sometimes it's, it's when just in our family and friends. Never too bad, we'll be looking at Saul, who was bad. He was uh, terrible. But then God changed him. And we're never too bad to be used and loved by God. And finally, Timothy, who was a young disciple. And we're never too young to follow the Lord and to be useful for him. And perhaps in this context, we could also say never too old. I can't look at anybody when I say that. <laughs> or never too busy or never too... Uh, never too... Uh, 
whatever the, the thing is, that God loves us and wants us to love and work and follow him. So to, today, let's remember the, perhaps some of those themes, but also the particular theme for today, that things are never too hopeless. We are part of God's big expedition. And we'll reflect on that in communion. But just before we do that, I wonder if I could embarrass a few people. All those who are involved in any way in the holiday club, please stand. So these are just some of the people who are involved. Yes, and there's a child. Yes, that's, that's good. Okay, let's, let's pray for these, these people. I will lead us in prayer, but uh, maybe the rest of you could just, um, maybe just pick on somebody and just look at them and, um, and pray for them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these people and for others and for those 61 children booked in. Lord God, we pray that you will strengthen them, you will guide them, you will give them joy and, and, uh, and fill their hearts with love and fill them with your Holy Spirit so that they are equipped to do what you want them to do. And we pray against suffering next week, but we do pray for endurance as it's a long week and a growth in, in character as we go through the, the week as a team. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Please remain standing. And if you're able, could everybody else please stand? If you're not able, just stand in, in your mind. And those who are standing, all of us, just like to pray for you now. Lord God, we know that times of hopelessness come. Maybe for some who are standing, it's that time now. We pray for hope, Lord. Maybe people who are standing know others who are going through that time of hopelessness. We pray for hope, Lord. Or maybe they'll come across somebody in this next week, perhaps, who, who just needs a touch from you. We pray that they will be guided by this reminder that hopelessness is not God's way. That as those disciples on the way to Emmaus knew the hope in you, Lord, may these here know that hope and be ambassadors of hope. Suffering produces endurance, produces character, and with the Holy Spirit, brings love as we share with one another in our sufferings as well as in our joys.
We ask your blessing upon each one who is here and each one who they will meet in these next weeks, these next days. May they be bringers of hope, bringers of peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.